0: Welcome to Just End The Show, everybody. This is our fifth bummer episode of the year. The team is now 7-5 and five after falling to the Vikings in an absolute heartbreaker, 27-22. Did not enjoy the end of that one, or the beginning of it, frankly. It was kind of cool towards the middle, like back middle. That's when it was <laughs> like a really fun game, I think, for our guys, right?
1: Yeah. Should I disclose this is the first time in this season that I was unable to watch part of the game as it happened live I feel like I always need to disclose that for people so I did miss the first half I never disclose that but if it's on your conscience sure <laughs> you can disclose it, yeah. it's expected that you don't watch the games at all but for for myself mm. I, uh, I try to no I was working so I did miss the first half but I saw pretty much all of the second half outside of certain moments so yeah it's it's uh I was thinking actually that uh you mentioned it being a bummer uh and that's true obviously it's a heartbreaking terrible loss. There is a part of me though like when we, we came out of the Denver game and, and it was the devastating win theory where it was like, yeah, we won, but at what cost you know it's like this mm-hmm. all the the injuries and breeze going down and all this stuff and for this, I feel almost the opposite, and it's it's it. You don't want to always be like you know. The idea of the triumphant loss is maybe a little bit lost for this game, but I I don't know. I came away with this game being like, it's sad that they lost. There's definitely things that were like face palm. You know, if I weren't. Uh, at work, and if I were in a, my my home location, I'd be worried about things being broken. But I, I do have a <laughs> I do have temperament uh, to to a certain extent. But yes, the, the, there were things that were just horrible about this game, just watching it. But um, I don't know. They're playing meaningful games against playoff contenders in December, and there's a chance that there's you know if a couple plays go either way, you know we're we're talking about a triumphant victory. So something about this th- to me doesn't feel as bad as it could be despite the fact that I do think we're heading into a tough stretch here if if the bills thing goes sideways which mm-hmm. I think you and I both expect then we're looking mm-hmm. at 7 and 6 now we're talking about a different thing and must win games and all of that stuff so yes it would have been nice to take this one but based on the performances of the team I'm not you know there were bad there were there are positives and negatives and I think uh and I think I'm I'm, well, I'm walking away from this
0: Mostly with the kind of glass-half-full mentality, but I don't know how you felt. I think that's a reasonable take. Looking back on it a couple of days later, as we talk about it on Tuesday, uh, you're right. I mean, this is definitely a glass-half-full kind of loss. We belonged. You know, the Vikings were 9-2. and two. They're now 10-2. and two. That's a really good football team playing at home, and that game came down to the final drive, where, you know— a raxton barrios drop pass away from maybe even taking a win out of that game so we can play with anybody including the vikings and we belong and that that was like a cool cool way to look at this game i think
1: god i thought he had it
0: he's not a guy that drops a lot of
1: passes because the mike the mike white in the end zone i'm like watching it live i i was like he didn't get in then they show that replay, his whole body is in. Like, is he's standing in the end zone right. with 100 people around him. So you're like, oh, no, that must have been it. And I love, um, we've done some broadcasting content on here, by the way. Great Iron Eagle call. I was just watching the replay right before Ooh. we went on. Man, what a guy. He's yeah. so good. This it was, was a very good Iron Eagle game. That's the content we get here. You come here and you're like, I want to hear a breakdown of the Jets. And I'm like, great Iron Eagle call in this tough, <laughs> heartbreaking, very important loss. I'm coming in I'm coming in hot uh, with the good content here, Seth. Um, yeah. But no, really, it was. And, and I like uh, on the replay, uh, they show it, and Ian Eagle's just like Gene territory is talking or something. He, he literally interrupts, and he's like, I think he's in. <laughs> he's just like, I, I'm watching. I, from my vantage point, it was amazing. So, yeah, good on him. Last year we were talking about me being like, I can't watch the Jets because they won't even broadcast them on regular TV. This is the national game on CBS across the country. So this is pretty crazy, you know, and, and again, yeah, it's a loss and it's terrible. We can break down the field goal epidemic also that that happened in this game that I, we love Greg the Leg to an extent, but <laughs> the amount of times where you go, well, on this position, they have to put it in the end zone. Nope. Yeah. Well, on this one, they have to. Nope. Every single time, it was just, it was this, at least, again, watching it live in the second half, I was like, oh, my God. But watching it, I, I'm curious about your, your aspect. So I've seen the highlights, and I've seen a little bit of the the breakdown stuff, but if you, um, watching it live the first half I texted you and a couple of our friends like, so is Mike White letting us down? And you were very very vehemently like, no, it's the defense letting us down. Mm -hmm. So speak to that a little bit. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, it was not the way, if we were going to lose to the Vikings, it's not the way I thought we would have lost with really the defense getting walked on 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 multiple possessions. They only gave up 27 points, but it feels like they gave up. I don't know somewhere in the mid 30s you know some drives they they stiffened up towards the end zone they did a good job in the third quarter but in the first half it just seems like the Vikings could do absolutely whatever they wanted and so there was there was two things for me coming out of this game it was that were positive it was that this team belongs yeah this team's good and Mike White belongs yeah he can compete and so What we saw in the Bears game from Mike White was, like, a great performance, a great statistical performance to a wide-open receivers, right? In this game, especially in the first half, not the case. He's throwing the ball almost, like, exclusively into tight windows, but he's hitting them. Yeah. He made, like, I I I can't even count. Like, he made a ton of tight window throws in this game, whether it was to Garrett Wilson or Corey Davis, et cetera. That really, really impressed me. The interception, the reason the Jets are trailing 3 nothing to begin with, not his fault. He hits Corey Davis in the shoulder.
1: Total fluke. Complete, complete total fluke from what...
0: It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bad bounce. There's really not a whole lot he can do about that.
1: Just a horrible
0: bounce. I mean, you can't, you can't do
1: anything. Absolutely.
0: Nine times out of ten, that ball hits Corey Davis in the shoulder and falls to the ground, or maybe even gets caught. I mean, that's just a freak bounce. Not his fault. Yeah. And good job of the defense only giving up three there. I think they that was a three and out by the Vikings once they got the ball. Yeah. But the three drives after that, And then every drive in the first half, it seems like the Vikings could go right down the field. We talked about how excited we were last week to watch this uh, Sauce Gardner-Justin Jefferson matchup, and we really didn't get one for the most part. No, not really. Sauce did cover Jefferson a bit. But for the most part, it was DJ Reed or even Michael Carter that time. As a Jets podcast, I'm a little embarrassed because what we didn't realize was that the Jets corners don't travel. It's always sauce on the right, b j Reed on the left, and Justin Jefferson travels a whole lot, so it's just not a matchup that we saw a ton in the game. It was mostly d j reed right on on Jefferson, who by the way did a pretty good job. Jefferson did his thing, he got his stats in, he finished with seven catches, only forty five yards, which is a huge win, seven catches forty five yards and that touchdown but b j Reed was all over, even when he was ma- Jefferson was making catches so I think they did a good job on him. Um, Obviously, they did a great job on Thielen, which was mostly sauce. They did a good job on Kirk. I don't think Kirk did anything special in this game. In fact, if anything, I came out of this game with a lower opinion of Kirk than I I already had, at least a lower opinion of 1 o'clock p.m. Kirk. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: Yeah. 21 for 35. 173. He didn't even throw for 200 yards. One touchdown, no picks. Least game for Dalvin Cook. But, I mean... The stats don't really tell the whole story. Like I said, when talking about the the 27 points they gave up, it seemed like the Vikings at times in this game were just moving the ball at will and just having these long drives. And you just want the Jets to get the ball back because when the Jets had the ball, they were moving it. Mike White ended up throwing for 369 yards. A lot of that was in the fourth quarter, trying to bring this team back from multiple scores, uh, which he did, by the way.
1: He's also throwing almost sixty times, a, right? He's throwing yeah, fifty seven
0: times a game. I mean, he is throwing the hell out of the ball, which is insane. And they ran twenty four times. It's not like they yeah. didn't use the running game. They just ran a whole bunch of plays in this game. My
1: breakdown on this, uh, watching this again, second half live, first half highlight kind of thing, is that it's a weird problem right now with the. If there is a problem with the Jets' offense, the weird problem is that it feels like they have plays that can get twenty five. And then they have like they don't have plays that can get anything like they have w- when you have white he can do the dump offs he can do these you know things they can that can gain some yards but they don't have because of the breeze thing and with Michael Carter out I think you saw some of the red zone plays that were drawn up by LaFleur. Yeah, which are getting criticized a little bit by the Jets. I do wonder if part of that is he's like, we don't have a lot of things in this playbook that can get five yards. We don't have, we don't have a lot of things that can get short yardage. And at this point, we're talking about a team that's in playoff contention and that's playing a a really yeah. tight game against a really competitive, good football team. And that is something you need on the team. And Zonovan's good, and Bam is good. He's great. He's fast. He's elusive. But he's not the kind of guy who you're counting on for fourth and two. He's not a Derrick Henry, right? He's not, he's not that kind of back. And we have James Robinson. I don't even want to speculate on what's going on with that, but it's like, why is he not even on the field for short yardage situations? Even if it's a decoy thing, I don't understand that totally. But, you know, ultimately, that was what I saw with this game is it's like the reason they're settling for the field goals is because of that. And I will say this on the coaching side, I like Sala settling for the field goals. I do because I, you know, it's the unsexy thing you don't want your coach to do. And sometimes you're like, Oh God, I don't like the fact that they're doing this. Come on, show something. But it seemed like he had a, he had a real knowledge of like, we're facing a good team. We need all the points we can get. He trusts the defense, even if they were underperforming, which you said. But I don't know. I mean, I like that decision, and especially when you're in a situation where it's just like we can get 15 yards, but we can't get six. You know, it becomes a problem. Yeah. When you're in the red zone, you know, when you need six, you need you need somebody, you need some kind of game where you can at least get in there, and and you know. We saw what Mike White can do with the scrambling thing, and he got in the end zone on that on that play, like kind of against all odds. But that's not the that's not a sustainable system, right? Like he really shouldn't have got in on that right. touchdown, even if we're being honest. It just kind of happened because they allow a hundred people yep. to push you into the end zone now, <laughs> based on the rules. So, so mm-hmm. you know that's that's definitely the most glaring problem coming out of this. The defense underperforming is tough, but I mean. You know the Vikings are good, and Justin Jefferson is probably outside of Tyreek Hill the best wide receiver in the game. So Fair. the fact that he can cook you with stuff is you got to expect that. But yeah, I I that was the main thing coming out of it. I'm like, it's kind of I I love White, and and we both. Uh, this is the Mike White stand cast of, as we established many many a time, uh, but. This is a little bit of a problem right now with the offense because of the I think because of the running back injuries. You know, if we have Brees in there, they're not running that stupid third down play. Whatever happened with Garrett Wilson, where it no. got it got busted. I don't know what the deal with that was, whose fault that was, but that play is not getting run necessarily. In, or or you have somebody on the field like a Carter or Brees who can throw people off the scent so i think that's kind of the problem coming out of this it's like you know i like settling for the threes but obviously you got to punch it in at some point if you're going to win the game it's not basketball you don't win with three points as they've have said for many years uh so yeah i get it and mm-hmm. and that and so that was my takeaway coming out of this
0: yeah and it's 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 just super frustrating because you're right the play calling in the red zone it was so holographed, it was so pass heavy it was it was a little unoriginal a little uninspiring yeah, like you said, you want the running back in the game.
1: It was also a little, there was also a little too cute stuff where they kind of ran like mm-hmm. the weird Garrett Wilson pass play that didn't, that didn't fly the whole, you know, we're at the 18 yard line and it's like a lateral play to Elijah Moore. It's like, this is not, no, this is not the right call right here. You know? Yeah. There's things that the Vikings defense was taking away. And I honestly think we came in here with the whole, they're a terrible pass uh, uh, defense and they are statistically right. But like, like you were saying, he was making those tight window throws. I mean, that third-quarter throw to Garrett Wilson, my goodness. First of all, number one, I don't think Zach makes that throw. No chance. Number two, Wilson, as an athlete, gets that ball. There's two guys there, snakes his way out, runs to towards the sideline, a sideline on the left, and, man, it's just, if we're going to do studs coming out of this game obviously we're high on white but Garrett effing Wilson man this guy is a baller it's ridiculous to watch him play it's like what a great pick that ended up being and and you know this is I guess why I'm coming out with a little more optimistic vibes after a really tough loss to a to a opponent that I think you and I both agree that we could be we could have beaten here and it's just tough yeah. to stomach it. But we're not talking about getting beat by the Pats by thirty four points or whatever the fuck, right. you know what I yeah. mean? We're not doing that anymore, you know, so it's nice and yeah, I I'm trying to uh I'm trying to make the airplane on our podcast tile smile. That's what I'm trying to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Garrett Wilson is an absolute star. We there's no waiting. There's no Unreal. let's see if he can Unreal. develop. Let's see some growth in year two. This dude's a star right now. He had eight catches in this game for 162 yards. Did not find the end zone, but that's actually the one thing that Mike White did wrong in this game. He missed Garrett Wilson on what would have yeah. been like a 70-yard touchdown. I don't know if the defender fell down or what. I don't know why Garrett Wilson found himself nowhere near as bad running, as. <laughs> right running down the the right sideline all alone. But uh, White missed him. He was under a bit of pressure, and he threw it way over his head. And you could see Mike White's expression. After that ball hit the turf, he was just so mad at himself. Oh, um, man. yeah,
1: He was as mad as all of us were watching the game. Like, <laughs> Jets fans like, oh, my God. Not, not nearly as bad, though, let's be honest, as Cousins. <laughs> my goodness, just a couple of times, just wide open dudes. And he's like, yeah. yeah, no, I can't throw it to you. What a terrible cousin. We joked about setting his watch to 730. I think somebody did that. If, if that was one of you listeners, thank you. But,
0: uh, you know, it was all for naught. Yeah. The Vikings won this game on defense. They did not win it with Kirk on offense. Absolutely. He was not good. And you talked about what a good job Ian Eagle did on this game. I think one of the interesting things that Ian pointed out was that the Vikings, even statistically, are a bend but don't break defense. They give up a ton of yards, but they stiffen up in the red zone. And that's exactly what this game was. In between the 20, yeah, Mike White's able to move the ball at will. You get down to the red zone, all of a sudden there's nobody open. I don't blame Mike White for that. We said last week the onus is on the receivers here to make some space, and they locked it down. Patrick Peterson, you know Harrison Smith, that secondary man, like they they locked it down in the in the red zone. You look at back at those plays, and you can't say, oh Mike, well, uh, Mike White could have found this guy, or he should have thrown it to that guy. There was nowhere to go with the ball. He made the tight window of throws, as we mentioned, but especially on that the last series of the game when the Jets are driving for the win, there's just nowhere for him to put that football. I know on fourth down, that's just a desperation throw to the end zone. You don't hold him against him. It goes as an interception on his record. That's just one of those stats you can kind of throw out. Like, oh, yeah, he threw two picks in this game. He really threw zero. Yeah. I mean, it's the desperation last throw of the game and free bounce. He threw yeah. zero. He
1: threw zero. The first one is complete. Is the is complete luck, and the second ones yeah.
0: you got to throw it. You know,
1: you gotta you gotta do something, and it was the way that it was. Uh, yes, yeah, I agree with you, and and that's the thing too, right? It's it's the, they, the I agree with you totally that the Vikings stepped up and it, with the the secondary in the red zone, and that was really what was ended up being the deciding factor. You know, you can't. It's not. Uh, as much of a game where you could point to this, or, I mean, obviously you could go, "Oh, if Barrios hauls that in, you could do the whole if, if then, whatever." Sure. But it's not like, was this a such and you know, was this a such and such call, or should they have called a timeout? It wasn't one of those. It really wasn't that kind of game, right? It was like. The, the jets and also the jets had kind of mm-hmm. had two opportunities right to come back because then they held held him yeah. you know, deep in their own in their own zone and then they they were able to you know get the ball back and there was still and there was still hope and and yeah i mean the mike white thing just watching that towards the end of the game i mean <laughs> you and I are easy marks for this but just in general it seems like the consensus here is like. I don't, this that's not happening with Zach right I don't think the I don't think the fourth and ten throw
0: happens. oh my god, no that throw that throw was incredible. He was almost on his back when he let it go. That was unbelievable, yeah,
1: yeah, that was so good and 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 that's the kind of thing where it's like he's he's keeping them in the game like it's mm-hmm. different than even i I said last week about well, he doesn't screw up. that's one of the big things, but he's also stepping up and making
0: these plays against yeah. good teams. You know in that fourth down play that Zach is spinning, he's twirling, he's he's dancing to his left. Right. Mike White's just like, okay, I'm going to take a shot right here. I'm going to get killed. And he hangs in there and makes an right. incredible throw. Yes. And that's what that's what you get from him as opposed to Zach, yeah.
1: And as it turns out that despite the obvious fact that this whole offense and all of that stuff was built around Zach as the season has unfolded, like – You've got this receiver talent. You have unexpectedly a bounty of running back talent. So it really what is this situation where if you have a quarterback step and step up and make plays in this kind of game, it works, you know? And and he kept them in this game. Obviously, you could yeah, there was a miss, there was the miss to Wilson and I feel bad for the people I told to bet Garrett Wilson touchdown on that play. I was like, "Damn it." But Sorry yeah, about that. that. Sorry about that, people. <laughs> I apologize. He's still he's still a stud. He just didn't happen to hit pay dirt in this one. But, man, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm coming out of this still p- pretty positive, and we're both way high up on Mike White and and Garrett Wilson and the chances here. And we're playing meaningful playoff-type games in December, when, you know. When's the last
0: time that happened? Was that ten years ago? Yeah, at least. And you have to as much as you want to pile on them in the for their first half, where they're going into the locker room down, what was it, twenty to twenty to six? Yeah, it was a two two touchdown. Yeah. Exactly. They're down by two touchdowns at halftime. And you have to give them the same credit in the second half where they only give up seven. So we saw it with the Bears last week where the defense goes into the locker room. Salah says something to them. They they schematically, they change something that they're doing and they figure it out. Same thing happened in this game. 20 points in the first half, 7 points in the second half. Yeah. They figured something out and all of a sudden the Vikings couldn't move the ball a whole lot.
1: It was also it was a really rough second quarter because I think the score was 3-3 at the end of one. It was. And it was the four, there was the fourth and one decision with Salah toward the end of that that cost them yeah we
0: gotta talk about that, but go ahead,
1: um, yeah no, I mean that was yeah it was just it was it, it really they played i think the second quarter was the worst right defensive stuff because that was when they gave up the touchdown, but the first quarter it was it was like even despite the fact that the Vikings were moving the ball, they were able to to score so or they they were only able to kick
0: the field goal. I think it was the
1: second quarter that really cost them, but um yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely, and that decision by Saleh, you mentioned. I didn't, it didn't make any sense at the time. I know you were down by a couple of scores, but you're on your own end of the field. You don't go for that. If, if you're on the other 40, you're in that no man's land, too long for a field goal punt doesn't net enough. Right. You go for that. The Jets are on their own half of the field. You that's punt that ball. smacked of desperation at the time. Yeah. It didn't make any a... sense. We're like, we got a whole half of football, man. I know we're getting smoked and it, it wasn't looking positive at that point. Right. But you can go back to that decision and he kind of gave the Vikings a free field goal there. Granted, we lose this game by five, but the whole complexion of the game is different if they punt that ball.
1: Yeah, that I agree with the desperation thing. That feels like very much a "we're happy to be here" kind of the vibe. Like, like, oh, we're just like we're, we're right. going to try to we're going to try to play up to your level, even though we don't think we are. That's not the kind of uh, coaching decision that I would have expected from him. So, yeah, that's tough. Again, I, I i'm pro sala we both are but overall but uh i'm pro sala in this game deciding to take the points i think that's the opposite where it's the smart decision and not the sort of uh in vogue decision with nfl coaches this season of like well if it's fourth and two the analytics say da 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 you know and Mm -hmm. it's like no don't do that don't don't kind of play down to that and and uh, so that ended up being a bad decision, and and then cost him. I think it cost him a field goal, right, for that exact possession. Yeah, correct.
0: Yeah, it ended up costing him three points. Yeah, yeah. Player of the game, Greg the Leg. Little too much Legatron in this one. Sixteen points, Greg the Leg, including um, including a sixty yard field goal that he drilled. That would have yeah. been good from like almost seventy. That
1: was sweet. Also, a great Iron Eagle call. Uh, Ian Eagle call against us. Unfortunately, was the Viking Skeker, where he goes. He's been spotty from distance. You know, and like, and then they, he hits mm-hmm. it. and It's that one that barely goes in, and he's like, and he still is not now. <laughs> he did something. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, he was like, those issues from distance are not now. Happening, apparently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was one of those. <laughs> um, that was kind of yeah. funny, but that looked like it wasn't going to go in, but then it did. Of course, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. Legatron, <laughs> copyright, TM. Uh, you know, they called on upon him, and he answered, "I would still go play the game with Garrett Wilson, but that's well, who scored zero
0: points as you, as you know, as you were waiting for him to get into the end zone."
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. Who scored more points? Obviously, it was Greg Malick.
0: So egg <laughs> on my face. <laughs> let's take a break, and then let's get into next week against Buffalo.
1: Welcome to Jets Bets. I think this line is too high. It is the Jets getting nine and a
0: half points. Oh, baby. Is there an injury we don't know about? Do I have to do research? It's it's a lot of points, isn't it? That's too many points, folks. This is a fucking trap. Every time the line is this high, you know it's a trap. Anytime a line is too good to be true, it always is. I know. Vegas seems to know things that we, we, yep. we can't <laughs> conceive, but... As we're recording this on Tuesday, the the Jets are getting nine and a half. You gotta take our boys with the points. No, I don't like the money lot. I'm not insane. But two scores, that's too many. Yes. Yeah.
1: Plus three fifteen. That's suspicious. Plus three fifteen, yeah. that's too many, but for money. But uh my plus
0: nine and a half. I mean, you know. I mean you tease that up to two touchdowns and throw them in a teaser right at this point, right?
1: I don't see a win coming here, and I think maybe you agree with me, but the game I feel like it should be close. Closer than that. I don't know.
0: It should be a one-score game, I suspect. If they're giving you two scores worth of points, that seems suspicious to me. Like we kind of covered a little bit in the Bears episode when we talked about the schedule that the Jets have ahead. I don't see us beating the Buffalo Bills twice for a number of reasons. One, they're kind of salty about the first time. Right. Two, they're at home. <laughs> two, they're at home. The game's in Buffalo, and you know that they're a different team in that in that building with those fans. C. Uh, Josh Allen's elbow has looked better and better his health is improving i was laughing cuz he said one two and c not because of
1: the, um... <laughs> <laughs> josh allen things, just for the record yeah yeah i agree i'm i i don't think the so this is the mike white test right because yeah. last year yeah he gets smoked against the bills after looking you know he got injured in the colts game but he had the bad game and the bad interceptions. Obviously, the Bills can play defense, despite the fact they've been banged up this year. But, yeah, this is tough. I mean, look, I this is tough. I understand, in a way, why the line is so high, because, again, always important to talk about with lines is that they do this so that people bet both sides, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Traps are traps for a reason. They understand the idea that if you like Buffalo, they're not going to screw around with like a six-point spread if you think this is going to go double digits. So this is what they're, why they're doing it. Um, You know, I mean the, what would they three point underdogs against the Vikings? I guess that ends up being five, but they easily could have covered. Right. I don't know. I mean, I I don't see a win coming here. I'm kind of more interested in the performance, like we mentioned in the last step, on the, on the next three games, the games we would see as winnable. Mm-hmm. The Lions, the Jacksonville and Seattle games, those are like the ones that seem winnable. And then we got Finns Week 18, but who knows what the situation will be by then, so... It's kind of, I don't want to say like I'm already penciling this in as a loss. They beat him already this year with Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a possibility here that this goes the other way, but I'm nervous, Seth. If this goes badly for Mike White, I'm nervous because then it's like this whole narrative where it's like, oh, it's going to turn into this thing about the Vikings didn't play pass defense, the Bears suck, Mike White isn't really good, and I think you and I are coming out of this Vikings game being like, yeah, okay, you can look at the stats with the Vikings' D and uh, mm. pass defense not good, but like they came up for this game. He had to make some tough throws. He had to make some big plays in ways that hopefully could translate against the Bills. Although I'm worried that, unfortunately, yeah, uh, that might not end up being the case, and we might end up being with the uh, Mike White versus Bills 2.0 game, which is ugh, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, so, and, and it's you it's gonna be a tough one.
0: You hope that Salah is watching these games closely and not as a as a fan right so what i mean by that is mike white has played ranging from out of his mind to really good over two games right i think um there's nothing that we saw over these first two games that would make you think that yeah. they should change quarterbacks the fear is what you said right he struggles against buffalo again and sala has said his plan from the beginning of this quarterback change was to get zach back on the field when Zach is ready, and not a minute before, so it's not about Mike White's leash. It's 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 about right. how Zach is performing in practice, how they feel that he's picking up the concepts, how they feel that Zach is mastering the fundamentals, right? All that good stuff. If we get a bad Mike White performance, that's my worst fear: is that we yeah. we we roll with Zach Wilson going into detroit going into jacksonville going into seattle i know know. and winnable games become losable games and they lose one of those games that they shouldn't because you said you're not penciling in this game for a loss i sort of am if the jets win (laughs) this game it's absolute gravy and we're definitely going to the playoffs
1: i think i was trying i should have said i don't want to pencil it in as a loss as opposed to Am I, which is the answer to that question would be yes, but do I want to
0: No. which obviously you don't want to pencil any game as the last, it's a stupid thing to say, but we said it last week, this team could very well lose to the Vikings and they unfortunately did. They came really close, probably should have won, but they did with good performances. It's outside of defense early, right? With stuff, good performances, yeah. they're probably going to lose to Buffalo. And it's it's okay. It's not seven and six. If they come out of this Buffalo game seven and six, it's not time to panic. Just take care of business against the teams that you should take care of business against, and we're going to the playoffs.
1: Luckily, everyone in the NFL sucks this year, so you know, a seven and six is no longer a death knell. Yep. I mean, the opposite thing. Should we even mention if it co- if it goes the other way? Then there's all kinds of accolades coming on, and then we're talking playoffs and we're doing all this stuff. Oh, yeah. But we're not doing we're not doing that yet. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and like make an executive decision. No, no discussion of what happens here if we win. No, let's uh, let's not do that. Let's just keep going. <laughs>
0: Put two guys on Stefan Diggs and keep Zach's ass on the bench. Those are the two things that I ask in this <laughs> Buffalo game. Keep Zach in street clothes, as we know on Tuesday. By the way. His ass will be on the bench no matter what. Yeah, Zach. It's going to be status quo quarterback. They've already announced it's it's Zach's going to be another DNP. It's going to be Mike White the starter, Joe Flacco the backup again against Buffalo, as it should be.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm the Flacco backup thing. Yeah, I I get it, and it, because of the the organizational thing of you don't want don't don't even like not even having the idea that Zach, if you're going to bench your starter, bench him. I like the decision. So
0: yes, there's no benefit to Zach coming in in relief.
1: If Mike White gets hurt and Joe Flacco is coming in, then uh, forget about the nine-and-a-half spread. (laughs) Nineteen-and-a-half wouldn't be enough. So, yeah. yeah.
0: The silver lining going into this game, the argument for the Jets is they beat the Buffalo Bills on offense the last time with a bullshit quarterback and a bullshit smoke-and-mirror's offense. Yeah. And now they can play real offense with a real quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. So, if anything, they should be able to beat them on offense again,
1: in theory. In theory, yeah, the downside to that theory is that Allen shot himself in the foot multiple times, and if he just doesn't do that, I think we're talking about a different <laughs> result. So yeah. that's been a problem for him the, se- the whole season, or at least the kind of the latter part of the season here, but yeah, I, I, I agree that if we, one, with Zach Wilson on paper, having a competent quarterback in there, we can at least match him on offense, hopefully, but... It's. Uh, I think we will need a couple of Josh Allen screw-ups to be able to pull something like this out, and uh, I'm not counting on it, and uh, I'm not going to bet this game. So just as a heads-up, <laughs> that was the end of the Jets' bet segment because <laughs> I don't trust it at all. Nine and a half is too high, and they might know something we don't know, as usual. <laughs>
0: Well, that's going to wrap things up for us here at Just End the Show. Enjoy the games next week, everybody, as much as you can. Did we say sauce? Let's just do it for once. <laughs> and Mike White, we trust. Kevin, <laughs> Just to End the Mike White Stancast. Just